Hello, welcome to The Selfie Life. Thank you so much for listening. Seriously, thank you. My name is Nikayla, and today we are going to be reviewing the cell cycle, meiosis, and mitosis. If you have questions, comments, corrections, just want to say hello, hit me up, you guys. The best way to reach me is on Insta. My handle is this selfie life, but selfie is C E L L F I E life. Also, if you follow me on Insta, I am trying to post MCAT prep questions on my story just about every morning. And then you will also know when new episodes drop. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You guys know the drill. And also, please tell your friends about this podcast. The entire reason I decided to do it is because I wanted to be able to listen, to, you know, listen slash study while working and driving and doing house chores. And I didn't find a podcast that was providing what I wanted, so I decided to create one. So just please share this with your study buddies. Okay, let's do this. Mitosis and meiosis. There are two main types of cell division that we humans take part in, mitosis and meiosis. Mitosis is the process of making new body cells, so it is how two identical daughter cells are created from a single cell. Meiosis is the type of cell division that creates gametes, eggs, and sperm. Meiosis results in up to four non-identical daughter cells. When I first learned about mitosis and meiosis, I, I could not keep their name straight. Which one happens in somatic cells and which one creates germ cells? I, I can't remember. Well, th- I couldn't remember. Because in science, we like to name things a lot of times we name things very close to one another to make things extra fun. That was sarcasm. I mean, just wait until we get to centromeres, centrosomes, centrioles, kinetochores, but don't worry, we will get to those. So in order to keep mitosis and meiosis straight, I had to think of a clever (laughs) or dumb way to remember which one was mitosis and which one was meiosis. And let's be honest, I went with the dumb slash most ridiculous method that I could think of to remember mitosis and meiosis. Okay, have you guys ever seen the movie Singing in the Rain? Because there's a song that goes, Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. And for some reason, I combined Moses with Tosis when I was singing it, and it came out, Mostosis? And from there, it was a really short leap to mitosis happens in the toeses. So if mitosis is happening in your toeses, your toes do not need to create sex cells, you guys. Your toes are somatic cells. In somatic cells, mitosis is what occurs to create genetically identical diploid daughter cells. So if mitosis is creating somatic cells, then meiosis is happening in germ cells. If my singing in the rain song wasn't enough to help you keep mitosis and meiosis straight, I also think meiosis happens in your ovaries or, you know, testes if you're a male. If you guys want to check out that song I'm talking about, the singing in the rain song, I'll link the clip on the website. The website is selfielife.com. I don't know if I've mentioned that. 
Or if, you know, you just want to watch a good film, just want to stay in, watch a film, and blame it on your MCAT studying, it's like 40 minutes into the film. There's also some excellent tap dancing, you know, if, if that's your thing. So now that you will never switch up the location of mitosis and meiosis, let's get into the nitty gritty. A lot of people approach the cell cycle with a pie chart, which is great. I love pie. But I'm going to approach the cell cycle not with a pie chart, but with a cake meme. Remember that cake meme? It's been on the internet forever. It's been on there for years. It's a cartoon one where there's a slice of cake is cut from a whole cake. And the person, instead of taking that single slice for themselves, removes the rest of the cake and leaves the single slice sitting on the plate that almost whole cake slice, that is interphase. Interphase is where a cell spends most of its life, approximately 90%. The single slice left on the serving dish, that would be mitosis. Mitosis is the process where one nucleus splits into two nuclei and then two daughter cells. But first, interphase. Or how I like to think of it, the correct size of a slice when it comes to chocolate cake. Interphase is where the cell is really just living. It's just living its life as a cell. It's growing, it's making proteins, and it's doing all those other functions that that cell might have. Interphase can actually be further divided into G1, S, and G2 phases. And there's actually a G0 phase. G0 is the G with the zero written after it. The G0 phase is sometimes thought of as an outside of the cell cycle or an extended G1 phase. G0 is a phase where the cell is not dividing or preparing to divide. It's simply living its life, carrying out its daily functions. Can you guys think of any cells that would enter this type of inactive phase and hang out there for their entire life? I'll give you a hint. Think of like super specialized cells. My favorite example is neurons. G1 is when you have a new cell and it's going to start growing. It just It's getting bigger. It's creating more organelles. It's called G1 phase because it is the cell's first growing phase. S phase is the phase where the cell replicates its DNA so that it has two identical copies. This happens in the synthesis phase. So DNA replication happens before mitosis. This is an important point to remember DNA replication happens before mitosis. A cell that enters into G2 has twice as much DNA as it did in the G1 phase. Just going to say it one more time. DNA replication happens in the S phase. S as in synthesis phase. In the S phase, one copy of DNA will become two copies. Once a chromosome replicates, it is still considered one chromosome. For example, let's say we have a cell that has three chromosomes. This cell with three chromosomes, it will enter S phase and all of its DNA is replicated. How many chromosomes does this cell have now? The cell still has three chromosomes, despite the fact that it has double the amount of DNA. The DNA strands are still attached, so they are still considered one chromosome. Imagine the traditional X-looking chromosomes but it's in a stringy, loose, spaghetti-type, free-floating right now. So it's just hanging out there, free-floating. 
in the S phase. They won't actually get the super tight X shape until mitosis. But that point, the middle where the X's cross, is called the centromere. So there are two copies of the DNA, and they are attached in a specialized region called the centromere. And because they are still attached, they are still considered one chromosome. People try to be tricky with this. If the DNA is still attached, it's still considered one chromosome. Each individual copy can be called a chromatid. So they are sister chromatids. I mean, really, they're twins, but they're called sister chromatids. So during mitosis, the two sister chromatids will get split apart, and then they will be two separate chromosomes. But while they're stuck together, just call them one chromosome. I mentioned centromere. Centromere is the middle point connecting the two sister chromatids. Okay, centromere, and I I put emphasis on the M, mere, M as in middle. This is legit how I remember this. Centromeres are in the middle of the two sister chromatids, making them one chromosome. M, centromere, for middle. With all of this DNA replication happening, there is also some additional duplicating happening. The centrosomes also are duplicating. Side note, I think of centrosomes as centrosomes, like S-U-M-S, like they are just some organelle hanging out in the cytoplasm. I put the emphasis on pronouncing it incorrectly so that I can remember what it is and what it does. So centrosomes, centrosomes, they're just some organelle. The centrosomes, 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 are little organelles. They're close to the nucleus of the cell, and they help in the physical splitting of the genetic material. When the chromosomes get pulled apart in mitosis, it is the spindle fibers that are made from the microtubules that will pull the chromosomes to opposite sides. Don't worry, we'll be going, we'll be going into some more detail. I just really wanted to introduce some of the vocab early so you can become accustomed to it and learn it really well. After the synthesis phase, there is one more growth phase. So a second growth phase that is called G2. The cell also, the cell checks itself before it wrecks itself. The cell has checkpoints where it makes sure that it is healthy enough to continue forward. One really important checkpoint is the one between G1 and S. This checkpoint makes sure that the DNA is looking good. Like it's not damaged, we're good. So it needs to be okay so that it can be replicated properly. If the DNA is damaged, the cell cycle is arrested until the DNA can be repaired. The protein that is in charge of this checkpoint is called P53, and you've probably seen that in a lot of places. Another checkpoint is the one right before the G2M phase. This checkpoint also makes sure that there are enough organelles and that the cell is large enough to replicate properly. So at the end of the G2 phase, the cell is now ready for the M phase, which is mitosis. Yay! Okay. There are four phases of mitosis, prophase, metaphase, anaphase, and telophase. I will talk about each phase individually, but I find it helpful to know what phases where in the process. For me, I don't have a super clever way of remembering this. I just think PMAT, P-M-A-T, which kind of sounds like a test, kind of like the MCAT. And the MCAT is seriously always on the brain. So for me, PMAT kind of just, it just sticks in the brain. 
but I did Google some mnemonic devices, and my favorite one was pass me a taco. Because, <laughs> you know, food. If you have a really great way to remember this, hit me up. Send it to me on Insta, and I'll just share them out with everybody. Okay, PMAT. Prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase. Prophase, the DNA goes from its chromatin form, which is the loosey-goosey just floating around in the nucleus, to its condensed form. Remember, we have two sister chromatids for each chromosome. The sister chromatids are connected by a centromere, and now it is in its X shape that can be seen by a light microscope. So it's the, it's the shape that we're, we're familiar with. So in prophase, the chromosomes condense and the nuclear membrane starts to dissolve. The centrosomes that were those little organelles, the centrosomes, they were just hanging out in the cytoplasm close to the nucleus. They start migrating to opposite sides of the cell. Metaphase, M as in middle again. The chromosomes start lining up in the middle of the cell. The centrosomes, the organelles, are now on the opposite side of the cell. And there are these little things called centrioles. Centrioles exist inside centrosomes. All right, so centrioles are inside the centrosomes. Each centrosome has two centrioles. I know, you guys, I know this naming can be cruel and unusual. Anaphase. The centrosomes, those centrosomes, remember those organelles, they have those microtubules that they've been forming. Those microtubules now start to pull the sister chromatids apart. So now the one chromosome that was two sister chromatids, it becomes two chromosomes. Remember how I told you that the area where the X's cross is called the centromere? The actual proteins that the microtubules attach to on the chromosome is called a kinetochore. Think of it as like a centromere is the city you live in, but the kinetochore is the street you live on. Also in anaphase, the cytoplasm actually just starts pinching in just a little bit. Telophase. Okay. Telophase is basically the opposite of prophase. So the nuclear envelope starts reforming. The chromosomes start unwinding into its chromatin spaghetti-like form. And that's how I remember it. Prophase and telophase, they basically do the opposite of each other. It's like you have a mitosis sandwich, where the prophase and the telophase make up the bread on the opposite sides of each other. The last part of mitosis is cytokinesis. This is where the cytoplasm finishes pinching together and creates two separate cells, which puts us back at the beginning of the cell cycle. G1, baby. So now it's time for our newly minted baby cells to start growing and getting ready to divide again. Someone pointed out that centromeres and centrosomes both have M's in them. In my head, to keep them straight, I do say centromeres, putting the accent on the M in the middle of the word. And the centrosomes, again, they're just some organelle in the cytosol. Before we move on to meiosis one, I want to just, let's just review a couple of little general concepts. So chromosomes, you, as in you, a human, have 46 chromosomes that are grouped into 23 pairs. 22 pairs plus your sex chromosomes. Cells with all 46 chromosomes are called diploid cells, 
which means they contain two copies of each chromosome. Cells with 23 are called haploid, and these are your sex cells, so these are your sperm and egg, and only contain one set of chromosomes. Diploid cells are also referred to as 2N. They have twice the number of chromosomes, or two copies, one set from mom and one set from dad. Haploid cells are N, so they're N cells. They have one set of chromosomes that will be combined with another set of chromosomes if fertilization happens to create babies with 2N diploid cells. So in mitosis, 2N cells create two daughter 2N cells. Say that one more time. In mitosis, 2N cells create two daughter 2N cells. Meiosis creates gametes. So a 2N cell will create up to four cells, all haploid or N. Remember, the more specialized a cell is, the less likely it's going to be able to replicate itself. Okay, here we go. Meiosis. You guys ready? We got this. We definitely got this. By now, you are a pro at mitosis. So onward, upward, forward, onto meiosis. Meiosis has two rounds. So two prophase, two metaphase, two anaphase, and two telophase. So we literally call them meiosis 1 and meiosis 2. Round 1 of meiosis takes a 2N cell and creates two haploid daughter cells. The daughter cells then undergo meiosis 2, which is actually super similar to mitosis, but don't worry, we'll get into that. So after meiosis, we can end up with four cells that are all haploid. I say up to four because in egg development, we get polar bodies and they are just discarded. But we will go into the specifics of that in the reproduction podcasts. So here we are in meiosis. And just like in mitosis, these cells spend most of their time hanging out in interphase. They're growing, they're hanging out, they're synthesizing, doing stuff that cells do. But there are a few differences between mitosis and meiosis. Before we move on, let's let's have a little pop quiz. Okay. How many chromatids are there at the end of G2 phase? There are 92 chromatids organized into 46 chromosomes, which are in 23 homologous pairs. Now that we're about to enter into meiosis, this is where the differences start. Do you guys remember the phase names? They're the exact same as they were in mitosis. PMAT, pass me a taco. So it'll go prophase one, number one, because remember meiosis, we undergo two rounds. Prophase one, metaphase one, anaphase one, telophase one. Then we'll have prophase two, metaphase two, anaphase two, telophase two. Prophase one of meiosis one. The nuclear envelope starts disappearing the centrosomes start migrating to the opposite sides of the cell, and they're starting to form their spindles. The DNA condenses from its spaghetti form into its recognizable X-shaped form. There is a really big difference in prophase one of meiosis one, though. In meiosis, the homologous pairs line up and can undergo genetic recombination. So the two pairs of homologous chromosomes join together in what is called a tetrad. Tetrad, like tetra as in four. 
there are four chromatids that are connected right now. Homologous points on the chromosomes can cross over, so they switch little parts with each other that code for the same thing. Imagine you're back in elementary school at lunch, and you unpack your lunch, and your friends unpack their lunch, and your friend has a banana pudding, and you have a chocolate pudding, and you guys decide to trade. You both still have the same lunch, and you each have a dessert, but you traded a portion of your lunch. Now, this metaphor isn't perfect, but I think you get the picture. The homologous pairs trade puddings. They trade similar genes in a process called crossing over. This crossing over is the main difference between prophase 1 in meiosis and prophase in mitosis. If you think about it, it makes total sense. You can have traits from both sides of the family. The crossing over results in a mixture of parental characteristics in the offspring. Remember, crossing over happens in prophase 1 of meiosis. I've heard that this is highly tested on the MCAT. Crossing over happens in prophase 1 of meiosis. If you have some time later and want to see a good visual explanation, I'm actually going to link a Khan Academy video about crossing over in the script notes that I'll post on my website. Metaphase 1. The nuclear envelope is gone, and the centrosomes are on the opposite sides of the cell, and the fibers are growing out and attaching to the kinetochores on the central mirrors that hold the sister chromatids together. So the chromosomes are lined up in the middle and getting ready to divide. Anaphase 1. In anaphase of mitosis, the sister chromatids are pulled apart. Do you remember that part? That is not what happens here, and this is another really important point. What happens here is the entire chromosome made of two sister chromatids is pulled to opposite sides of the cell. Again, there is genetic variation because not all of your moms go to one side and not all of your dads go to another side. It is random, and it adds to genetic variation, which is always important. Genetic variation, important. So the homologous pair is being pulled apart, not the sister chromatids in anaphase 1 of meiosis. Telophase 1? Again, telophase 1 is basically the opposite of prophase. The nuclear envelope starts reforming. The microtubules start to disassemble. Cytokinesis is starting, so the cytoplasm is splitting. And we're going to end up with two haploid cells. The cell can now go into interphase 2, where it can take a rest, or it can continue on to meiosis 2, which is super similar to mitosis. The first phase of meiosis, or meiosis 1, is called the reductional division, which makes total sense because the number of chromosomes is being reduced. The daughter cells are haploid. Okay, meiosis 2. Meiosis 2 starts with prophase 2. So... Prophase 2, the centromeres, they have to duplicate the nuclear envelope. It needs to dissolve. All super similar to what we've heard in all of the other prophases. Metaphase 2, the chromosomes, they line up in the middle of the cell again. The centrosome spindle fibers, they grow out and they attach to the kinetochores of the sister chromatids, and they actually help them line up in the middle again. Anaphase 2, the spindles pull the sister chromatids apart, just like in mitosis. 
Remember that in anaphase 1, the homologous pairs were separated, and in anaphase 2, the sister chromatids are pulled apart. The sister chromatids are now separated. Telophase 2. Again, it is the opposite of prophase. The nuclear envelope reforms, the extracentrosomes disintegrate, and it's followed by cytokinesis. So now we have four cells that all have one copy of all the chromosomes. They are haploid, not diploid. Meiosis results in haploid cells, which is also notated as N. These cells, these are called gametes, and we will talk a lot about these extensively in the next podcast, which talks about reproduction. (laughs) Yes, and just like that, you guys, you made it through the cell cycle, mitosis, and meiosis. When you get like 30 seconds today, it will seriously only take you 30 seconds. Sketch out what each phase of mitosis would look like, and then check your answers tonight. The test is known for giving pictures and then like having us identify which phase is what. So sketch it out today. And remember, PMAT, P, prophase, chromosomes condense and the nuclear envelope dissolves, M, metaphase, the chromosomes line up in the middle, A, anaphase, the sister chromosomes are pulled apart to the opposite sides of the poles, T, telophase, the nuclear envelope reforms, the chromosomes decondense, And cytokinesis happens, and the cytoplasm splits, and boom, two new cells are created. Ooh, you guys, tag me in your drawings, and I'll repost some of them on Insta. One last thing that I really, really want you to remember. When does crossing over occur? Crossing over occurs in meiosis 1, prophase 1. So prophase 1 of meiosis 1. You guys did so great. Thank you. If you made it through, thank you so much for sticking with me. Study hard, friends, and do me a favor and eat some chocolate cake. 